0: Seven hundred twelve. Honoring the Spirit, preached on Pentecost Sunday, May 18, 1975. As always, we are indebted to our ministers of music who lead us in our praise and celebration. And especially on this Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the Church, we have been especially blessed by having this beautiful coronation anthem by Handel, sung and played by the members of our Chancel Choir, members of the congregation who are serving in the orchestra, together with a part of the Knock High School Orchestra, which Mr. Ailey directs during the week. On this day of celebration, I think it only right we express our appreciation to these people who have worked so hard and led us so beautifully in our celebration. This is the day of celebration, the day when God's people give thanks. Join with me now as we read from one of the great old texts of the Old Testament. Zechariah, the fourth chapter. And the angel who talked with me came again and waked me like a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? I said, I see, and behold, a lampstand, all of gold, with a bowl on top of it, and seven lamps on it, with seven lips on each of the lamps which are on the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel who talked with me answered me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he said to me, "This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel: Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit," says the Lord of hosts. Where are you, O Great Mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become like a plain, and as he shall bring forward the top stone, amid shouts of great grace to it. Wherever the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, his hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice, and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord, which range through the whole earth. Then I said to him, What are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the lampstand? And a second time I said to him, What are these two branches of the olive trees which are beside the two golden pipes from which the oil is poured out? He said to me, Do you not know what these are? I said, No, my Lord. Then he said, These are the two anointed who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Amen and amen. Today is Pentecost, the birthday of the Church. This is the day, 50 days after Easter when we commemorate what happened on that fiftieth day after the first Easter. The day God revealed himself in a different person, in a different way than, than he ever had before. He revealed himself under the person of the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and to a little group of people gathered together in prayer and with thanksgiving. In an upper room, in a house, on a street, in the city of Jerusalem, God revealed his spirit. Now, this is one of the theological riddles that we have within Protestant Christianity. And throughout the whole Christian Church, it has been very difficult throughout the years to explain how God, who is one God, can be subdivided into three persons. The writers of the Creed have tried to put it very distinctly by saying that he is one God in three Persons. The best way that I can understand it and explain it to you is that God is one Spirit. But at one time in history, though there never was a time when there was not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, nevertheless, God in history at one time The Father created the whole universe. Then on the first Christmas, God became man, and in his Son, Jesus Christ, we have the same Spirit that was in the Spirit Father created. And then 50 days after Jesus was resurrected from the grave, God revealed the third part which had been ever since the beginning with the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit and in that spirit god is living in the world today god who was in the father created the same spirit in the Son, and that spirit that walked upon the face of the earth for 33 years and perhaps a 5 foot 11 193 pound dark skinned galilee on pentecost now came to live in a new body, a mysterious body, a body which hence has been called the Church of Jesus Christ. This is the birthday of Jesus' Church, of which you and I have been called by God's Spirit to be a part. Now, it's a rather spooky thing to try to understand and explain, but nevertheless it is real and powerful. And since that first Pentecost, which was perhaps 1942 or 1945 years ago, we have the history of a spirit working through a group of people known as the church. And when you study the history of the church, you find not only tragedy, but you find triumph. And the difference always is the same. When people follow the Spirit of God, there is triumph, but when people fail to honor the Spirit, there is only tragedy, not only in the body called the Church, but in the body of individual Christians as well. What makes a Church great? is the same thing that makes an individual's life great it's not by might nor by power but whether or not we honor the spirit of god that lives in our midst that's the secret and that is why on this particular day of pentecost i would like you to think with me what it means to honor the spirit and the first thing that I find in my study of the scriptures to honor the spirit one must always one must never one must never underestimate the power of the spirit never underestimate the power of the spirit living in we as we do in such a sophisticated scientific age there is a tendency with all of our talents and abilities and blessings and affluence to try to turn our back and sneer at things that are mystical or things that we do not understand or comprehend. Consequently, when we do this, we limit the spirit of God. And one of the things which you must never do is underestimate what God can do. God can do anything. Anything at any time through any person that he wants to do. Now, whether or not he will do it is another question. But as to his ability to do it, there should never be any question. God can do anything. Anything he wants, whenever he wants to do it. This is one of the reasons that the text has been chosen from Zechariah. It tells us of an experience that happened in the life of the great nation Israel. You remember in 539 BC, the Israelites who had been carried off to the Babylonian captivity had been released by Cyrus the Persian, and he allowed the Jews to go back home and to rebuild the walls that had been broken down and to again establish the temple which had been torn down, and the leader of the people, of the Jews was irrevocable and he was called to go back and to lead those discouraged, disgruntled people in the rebuilding of a city. And that he did. But it was not easy. It took him nearly 25 years to complete it after he laid the first foundation stone, and there were people constantly trying to discourage him and doing everything in their power to thwart the building of God's temple. But the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, and it was simply this, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, thus saith the Lord. And those people who despise small beginnings eventually were present when they saw Zerubbabel, who had laid the first stone, lay the last stone, and with the plummet, measure the plumb line to see if the building was straight. Never underestimate the power of God. When I was in Israel in 1968, I remember a saying which those people over there use today in trying to do what seems to many as being impossible. The saying went like this, the possible we do today, the impossible will take a few days and that's the way it is with the spirit of god and those of us who are discouraged disgruntled are ready to give up hope don't do it don't do it For we honor the spirit of god when we do not underestimate the power of the spirit another way we honor this third person of the trinity is by recognizing his presence recognizing his presence, the presence of the Spirit. The Bible would have us to understand that, you see, there are other spirits in the world as well as the Spirit of God. Yes, the Bible says there is the Spirit of truth as well as the Spirit of error. Therefore, I would not want you to be misled by believing that any urge, any impulse, any desire, no matter how seemingly worthwhile it may appear, that may not be the voice of God speaking to you. More than one person has been misled by thinking God was speaking to him when it was some evil spirit or the spirit of man instead. Therefore, as the Bible tells us, we are to test the spirits to see whether they be of God. And that is not as difficult as one might imagine. Many people, in trying to interpret the leading of God's Spirit in the world today, think that must be left to the theologians and to those who are constantly studying about God. Now, that's not necessarily true. One recognizes the Spirit of God with some simple tests, the first of which is... Test the Spirit to make sure that it does not contradict the teaching of Jesus. You see, it's altogether impossible for the Spirit of God to lead us in something that Jesus taught was wrong. When Jesus, the one who predicted and told us about the coming Spirit, he said in John, When the Spirit of truth comes, he shall lead you into all truth and bring to your remembrance whatsoever i have said unto you the spirit of god will not contradict the teachings of jesus and if you know the teachings of jesus you can easily and quickly determine whether or not the spirit that is speaking either through a preacher or a politician or through the newspaper or through any teacher whether that is the spirit of God speaking or the spirit of some evil. You see, this is the reason we try to get you people into Bethel and why we work hard to get you out to adult Bible studies on Sunday morning and get you involved here in reading the Word of God. It's not to gain some prize for you or for this church. It's not just to test your memory or make you authorities in ancient history. It is to give you a background, an understanding, a criteria, a norm so that when you hear the voices speaking today and there are so many voices that are speaking we can determine which voices are the voice of God. And as long as that voice compliments and up. With the teachings of Jesus Christ you can be sure that voice is the voice of the Spirit of the Almighty. Secondly, you judge the Spirit and you test Him by seeing whether or not He builds for unity and what He says makes for unity. As the Good Book says, our God is not a God of confusion. Our God is not schizophrenic. He does not tell you one thing and me something else. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God does not speak out of both sides of his mouth. God is consistent. And what God says to you, the Spirit of God will say to me, And you can always judge the Spirit of God by the harmony and the unity that it brings to its teachings. And I'm sorry, a church that is filled only with turmoil, with bitterness, with resentment and contention, and where there's only arguing and hating among the people, I'm sorry, the Spirit of God will not be there. When I hear two people on opposite sides both arguing that they are instruments of the Holy Spirit, I doubt very much whether either one of them is following the Holy Spirit. God builds harmony in any God who creates the beautiful trees of the land. And the birds sing. Did you hear them during the first part of worship today? It's the first time I have heard a bird sing in this sanctuary for a long time. That's marvelous. But any God who creates those beautiful things speaks only beauty and harmony unto his people. That's the great thing about what happened on that first Pentecost Sunday. The people were all together with one accord, the Bible says, before the Spirit came. And when the Spirit came and moved those people, it says later in the second chapter of Acts, the people gathered together, together in harmony. And the Lord added to their number daily. That's the way you can judge. Another way you judge the spirit, whether or not what he is saying and doing brings harmony and togetherness to people who are trying to follow the leading of God. And the third is, simply does that saying, that teaching, that voice of God's spirit exalt Jesus Christ? That perhaps is the key to the test does that spirit exalt Jesus Christ? You see, the Lord himself said that when my the spirit comes, he will glorify me. And John tells us in the first epistle that this is the way you test the spirit. Whatever spirit professes that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, he is of God, and whichever spirit does not confess that Jesus is come in the flesh, he is not of the Spirit of God. You see, what we do and say may be made to exalt us or to exalt someone else, but the Spirit of God working in us and through us will exalt Jesus Christ and him alone, And when Christ calls all people unto him, it is only when he is raised up. So ask yourself these three questions. Is this voice consistent with the teachings of our our Lord? Is it to bring harmony to God's people? Is it a word that exalts Jesus Christ? And if the answer is yes, then you can recognize and be sure that that spirit, no matter how he comes or who whom he comes, may you know, I remind you that God uses some people sometimes that don't even know they're being used by him. You can be sure that that is the voice of the Almighty speaking to you. And who you knows? Maybe some will even hear the voice of God in this church today. When you never underestimate the power of the Spirit and try very hard to the best of your human ability backed with the Word of God, recognize the presence of God. Then you honor the Spirit when we follow his prompting, I find that's the way the Holy Spirit works. A little nudge here. A little jab there. A little push yesterday. Another little touch today. He prowls. Constantly prowls. He almost us, but he's always opening a new door always wanting us to follow. But this is where it's so difficult, isn't it? It's so difficult. Oh, we can at least academically recognize the power of God in the presence, but having the courage, the intestinal fortitude, the Bible calls it faith, to let go and let God, to follow him, to answer his prodding to go out not knowing where you are going but just believing that the spirit of the living God is leading you. That's tough but that is what we must do. Today is not only the birthday of the Church of Jesus Christ but to those of us We are a part of Bakerstown Church. This is as close to our birthday as we will come this year. On Tuesday of this week, May 20th, we will celebrate 104 years, the time that 58 people gathered on this very property. Believing that the Spirit of God had called them to organize a new congregation. On May 20th, 1871, those people met here, elected three elders, and today each one of them in their grave. I think would be very, very proud and happy to be able to realize What they began in laying a foundation, we are continuing to build upon. But, folks, believe me, we are here not by accident. We are here because our predecessors were willing to take the leap of faith, and when they heard, recognized, and knew the power of the Spirit and his presence, they followed. God help us if we don't have that same spirit. For in these days that are so difficult for the Church, for our nation, and for some of us, may we remember that the spirit of God still speaks. And he still speaks the same words that he spoke to Zerubbabel. And this time this very ticklish time when our nation's prestige is being threatened and when the Church seems to be losing out in its battle and when many people have lost faith and hope. May we remember that greatness, be it that of a nation, a Church, or a person, comes not by might nor by power, by the Spirit of God, and people who honor that Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, thank you for giving us so much, especially of yourself, by the power of your Spirit. Help us to follow him. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be in abide with us all now and forevermore. Amen.